1: Hey, it's good to be with everybody, and welcome into another edition of Bears All Access: The Post Combine Edition. Jeff Joniak in studio with my good friend Tom Thayer. <laughs> Eyeballs <laughs> on you now. You've been gone a bit.
2: Yeah, someone's gotta, good. Someone's got to take advantage of the summer, the surf out there in yeah, Hawaii.
1: You, you should do that for sure. And then my good friend Jim Miller. I saw. Had, I had eyes on him all weekend in Indianapolis, interviewing uh, what the top 100 players in the draft.
0: Yeah, a lot of fun. Good to see you, Jeff. I know you had a, a great vacation, but it was good to to connect down at the Indianapolis Combine.
1: Right, we'll get all of that in just short order, but we got a special guest on the line. Let's not waste any time and bring in the Bears. Now we can call him second-year quarterback. Starting quarterback. Starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Good evening, Mitchell. How are you doing?
3: What's up? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing?
1: Uh, fantastic. Now, we know all about you. You're a blue collar guy you're a blue collar worker, and oh, always yeah. have been and I can only imagine what you're digging into so far in California here in the off season
3: oh yeah, oh yeah, it's going well out here uh some people are getting mad I've only been posting pictures of uh the sunset and the beach but uh i'm I'm out at the field and I'm in the weight room every day i just i don't be posting about it, but uh it's going well i'm I'm out here training and it's Everything I do is strictly to to get better for football, but I do have some downtime to enjoy the Cali weather out here as well. But uh yeah, training's going great. Been throwing a lot and uh getting stronger and more explosive in the weight room and, and I'm excited about it and can't wait to get back to Chicago soon, soon, and uh, get back to work with the boys.
2: You know, Mitch, you follow, you finish up your senior year in college, and you get everything focused on getting ready for the draft to give the best performance you can. What's different about this off season? That is, some of the pressures different um, on you this year because you are the starting quarterback, and Ryan Pace referred to you as the most important asset on the Chicago Bears. So, what's different about your off season this year as opposed to last year?
3: yeah there's really no no pressure uh except the pressure i put on myself and uh just the goals that i have in mind for myself and this team this year and uh i love the responsibility that i've been given and uh i think that's been earned through uh just hard work and dedication and showing my teammates what i'm capable of but yeah it's different stuff last year around this time you're just finishing up with the combine like the bunch of the guys just did and then getting ready for your pro day but Now I can work on uh, more specific things for myself, what I need to prove on uh, as far as my weaknesses go, just getting better with movements in the pocket and just being more efficient as a thrower and always being in balance so I could just continue continue to be consistent. So I'm working on those type of things as as well as just taking care of my body, becoming a more explosive athlete, uh, just being more durable in the pocket and then just trying to learn this new playbook uh, as soon as we get it. And and just own it. It's got I got to master this playbook and, and this new offense that's coming in, along with this new coaching staff. And uh, I got to let my teammates know that I'm on top of everything uh, going into year two. And
0: I'm just very excited for it. Well, Mitchell, you you certainly had a great uh, rookie season. Obviously, you could see how your teammates responded to you. I mean, they know how hard you work. You could see it. Um, but let me ask you this: in terms of the the challenges, what you've learned from your rookie season now heading into to year two you know is, is it learning the game plans week in and week out preparing for the defenses what what to you was you know really aspects that you think you learned or really caught you by surprise that say hey this is the area that I really need to focus on going into year 2
3: yeah i would i would definitely say it's um the week to week game plan and as laws and as that goes along with studying your opponent so i think being a first year quarterback you're so worried about Getting in the huddle, spitting out the play perfectly, and making sure you're just executing the play that you're given, and and then it's like it comes second nature about what's what the defense is doing. But uh, this year, you just want you want it almost uh, the opposite. Um, we memorize all our plays. It's it's second nature. I'm getting in the huddle. I memorize the call the calls. It's just it's just flowing in the huddle and I'm getting up to the line of scrimmage, pushing the tempo and then I gotta know exactly what the defense is doing from film study throughout the week and just being totally prepared. Uh, in the week of study. So hopefully that's what I can get to. And uh, I I feel very confident that that's what it's going to be like with this new offense, just memorizing it, and just with my work ethic. And just everything I learned from last year um, is just going to help me be so much more prepared going into the second year. I know exactly what to expect. I know what to do on a week-to-week basis. And uh, I think I'll be even more prepared and I could put even more work in because I know how to manage my time, uh, break down the film throughout the week and just really know my opponent inside and out. So I'm not worried about my offense anymore. I'm I'm worried about everything they're throwing at me and the coverages they're going to change up on us. So, uh, hopefully we'll just have even more adjustments we can make throughout the game and I could get all my guys on the same page and uh we could come out the gate really rolling this year and that's that's what that's what we're trying to do. Just have a very strong off season. Uh it's gonna start when we get back in April and go throughout the whole summer and training camp and uh like I could tell you there's no one more excited than me. I, I hope you guys could uh tell by how it is in my voice, and I'm just I'm just really pumped.
1: Yes, right now it's the Mitchell Trubisky Show here on Bears All Access. You're owning <laughs> yeah, so it. I, I love it.
3: I, I love did, it. I didn't think I was going to come on and talk this much, but you guys got me juiced. I <laughs> on Bears Radio. I said, that's right. I miss my Bears people. There you my go. Meyer and Callie, and mm-hmm. I actually see a couple of Bears fans here and there walking around, but I miss my people, man. I'm ready to get back, and I'm ready to get back to work, so it's going to be good.
1: Mitchell Trubisky with us on Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller So you got a roommate, huh, out there?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm rooming with some guy. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. His name's Jared Goff. Uh, He plays for the quarterback for the Rams. So, yeah, one of my good buddies. And uh, we have the same agents, and we just got connected out here and thought it would be a good idea to while we're both training in the same area to room together. So we're good friends, and it's been nice to pick his brain uh, just from his last two two seasons he had. And I think that's helped me a lot, and it's just good to be around the guy who's kind of been through the same stuff that I'm going through right now.
2: Hey, Mitchell, there's a lot made of quarterbacks coming out of college if they don't get in a huddle-up system. And now last year throughout your time, you you had three different centers and three different – I mean, you got Cody one play, you got Heronis one play, you got Josh sitting one play. In that time of learning how to take that center quarterback exchange, does the center adjust to you or do you adjust to the center? Uh, the
3: the it's, it's, it's I would say it's two ways, but uh, the, the center adjusts to the quarterback, and um, it's it's really a two-way communication. It's got to go both ways. i got to adjust the center. The center's got to adjust to me, and they just got to be on the same page. So um, whoever's going to be in it this year, I know me and Cody built great chemistry last year, and then Hirona's uh, come in and Josh wow. coming in at, at certain situations. It was just we really um, – we really were able to get on the same page, and that's important because the exchange, it starts every playing football, and that's the most important thing. So we just want to be clean with that, and I think we could be even more efficient going into this next year, and that's definitely something we're going to emphasize on. But coming out of the college, I was I was never worried about it. Uh, I didn't think it was a big deal going to the shotgun. It's just like anything else. You just got to get used to it, you practice it, and master it, and go from there. So, um yeah, got great chemistry with my centers along with the rest of the O-line, so I'm very excited about what we have back coming up front, and I can't wait to see those guys again soon.
0: Well, it's an exciting time because in California, while you're, you're rooming with Jared Goff, I mean, he can probably explain that the transition he made from a rookie and then Sean McVay comes in, the offense changes up, and that's got to have you excited about Matt Nagy and the and the style of offense that Kansas City ran with a, an athletic quarterback and Alex Smith. I don't want you to get in conversations you, you had with Matt, but just the style of offense that's probably going to be deployed to really take uh, take advantage of all the things you bring to the table. It's got to be exciting for you.
3: Absolutely. Uh, just watching the Kansas City offense last year and what Coach Nagy brought, and I was able to meet him through the draft process last year, and we really connected. And uh, I was just very excited when I heard he got the job here, and uh, I know Chicago's going to have a warm welcome to him here, and he's going to bring amazing uh, offensive ideas to the table. He's just a great offensive mind, and he put a great offensive staff together for us. Um, And they're going to be great teachers to the guys in this organization. So um, just watching the Kansas City offense, I think they utilize an athletic quarterback and a lot of things they do in their offense fit, fit my strengths. And we also have a lot of pieces within our offense that um, will create explosive plays that, the Kansas City Chiefs are in. So it's just, it is a very exciting time. I really can't explain it much more than that because uh, I think this offense is going to fit perfect for the pieces we have. And uh, the guys we got coming in, the coaches, they're just very creative and they're going to do whatever it takes to put us in the best position to win and put up a lot of points.
1: Uh, We're with Mitchell Trubisky. Our remaining moments with the Bears starting quarterback. Uh, Any of the fellas out there with you?
3: Uh, the, The Bears players? Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, with Kyle and uh, Cody White here, a little bigger. Kyle Long, Cody White here. Uh, Kevin White is here this week. Um, oh. And then a couple guys off our practice squad last year, DeMarc Sayers and Nelson Spruce are out in the area and throwing. So, uh, Hronis uh, Gross is in the area. He's been out here, and uh, I keep uh, texting a bunch of the other guys, trying to drag him out to California, but you guys know how everybody goes all over the country when the season ends, So you know, we're all going to connect soon, but I've been keeping in touch with everybody, but it's been good to see those guys out in Cali, just hanging out with them and getting some workouts in. So uh, very excited.
1: Won't be long now. I'm sure you saw the Instagram post Well, you see him firsthand, but Kevin White is ripped
3: ripped. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to boost his confidence <laughs> more than it already is. I said, "Hey, put a shirt on, buddy. We got work to do." So, Man. uh, yeah, I Kevin's he's working really hard to get back and uh I I got a lot of faith in what he's going to be able to bring to the table this year. He's he's looking good while we're throwing together out here, and uh we just got to continue to put in that work and uh I know I know he's busting his tail to to really do big things this year, yeah,
2: I, I, everybody's pulling for Kevin White to be good. Hey, Mitchell. I just real quickly, all the learning tools that you have uh, in in this NFL level are all those things helpful to you, or is it more of you like being on your feet on the field with the the plays running live in front of you?
3: It's both. It's both. I mean in the off season, you've gotta study film, you gotta look at your opponents. you gotta learn from your own film and the mistakes you made. And uh, just correct as many things off the field, and then when it's on the field, it's got to be the same thing. You're you're making split second decisions. You're dissecting defenses. You're trying to stay ahead of the ahead of the game, and uh, and just just you got to be so mentally sharp. Uh, from that perspective and you, you got to do a, in the off season and when you're in training camp and in practice during the season. So uh, there's no one way to do it. You, gotta, you just got to try to learn and gain as much information from as many ways as possible. And uh, that's kind of what I learned throughout this process. Just you can never learn too much or too little from uh, one or two different things. So you just try to do as much as you can and take as much information with you. And hopefully that'll help you process, uh, quicker when you get the game time because, uh, that's 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 how you be successful. From just watching the great quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, the, the faster you can process, uh, the better off you're going to be. Get the ball out quick, and the offense is just going to be rolling.
1: All right, Mitchell, we appreciate it. We're going to let you go. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Enjoy oh, the no sunshine. Problem. Great talking to you Thanks, guys. Mitchell. I
3: will do. Uh, working hard out here. Can't wait to get back to you guys soon and uh, just let everyone know in Chicago that. Uh, we back soon. We come out wait. So, uh, appreciate you talking to you guys. Appreciate right.
1: you. Hear it in your voice, that's for sure. Bears starting quarterback Mitchell Trubisky joining us on Bears All Access. Joniak Thayer and Miller will be back after this on 670 The Score Sports Radio. Back with you on Bears All Access, Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller. And we're brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, Natural gas and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Just finished our interview with Mitchell Trubisky, and he will be appearing, by the way, at the Chicago Sports Spectacular on March 18th, 1 to 3 p.m. It's held at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont. Tickets available at ChicagoSportsSpectacular.com. Uh, those are a lot of uh, professional athletes from every wall. I'm sure you will be there signing autographs. Tom and Jim, you might be there too. I don't know. I mean, though, that's me and Jim are those, high on the you list. You guys are still relevant. You're I still, still waiting for the
0: invite there. Jim. Right.
1: Right. I'll pick you up, Jim. But if you want to check out Mitchell, all right. So, we've had a couple of minutes after the break to uh, di- uh, digest what he had to say. And my first reaction, fellas, is genuine an organic excitement about his position and he understands very specifically what his job is going to be and he kept referring to my teammates and my team and what I have to do for them. That was big.
2: Well when Ryan Pace goes out and says in the first press conference that the quarterback is the biggest asset on every football team I think that's exactly how you want Mitchell Trubisky to approach it. That he is the leader of this football team along with many others but when, hey Jim knows it better than you and I, when you're the quarterback of a football team there's a lot of responsibilities that are thrust upon your shoulders that every day in the locker to the practice field you got to be that leader
0: yeah I think he takes it serious I you know it's like you said uh Jeff it's genuine there here he an underclassman quarterback so he's, he's got to grow up quickly and from year one to year two there's got to be a big jump he knows going in uh to 2018 this is his football team which comes high expectation you know certainly that's why the Bears traded up to to get him they made it very clear this is our quarterback of the future and now he's got to be able to, to start driving the car to, that leadership, I think he already has, that Tom's been talking about, and I think he's gearing up to have a successful year. But he's got he's to prove it. He's got to earn it, and he knows it, it's every single day, and he's already out there in, in California working on it. So there's there's a lot to be done, and he knows he's a big part of, of how it's going to unfold. So he's got to be the, the keys to the car. He's got to be the key uh, to turn the ignition to get the party started.
2: You know, when this collecting bargaining agreement turns over, they got to do something about the off season because when you make a coaching change, and then you don't give Mitchell Trubisky the playbook until sometime in April, I think you're doing a disservice to the entire Chicago Bears organization or any other team in the National Football League that needs to get their guys up to speed. Because of the way free agency is going to start moving tomorrow, or no, Monday, next, day, yeah. next week, you gotta, you got to have access to the playbooks. I don't think... Again, I sit here and preach about it all the time, the difficulty of learning the terminology and then learning it exactly how it fits in. And Mitchell said in the interview, he memorizes every single play, circumstances, terminology of the offense. That's a heck of a task, Jeff and, I, and Jim. And I think these guys, they need
1: more access to the building than they're given right now. Jim, you want yeah. memorization to become knowledge as opposed yeah, well, to just memorization. You need time.
0: Yeah, and like anything else not just memorizing. Like uh, I remember when Brett Favre got traded from Green Bay to to the Jets. You know, and think about him playing and he played at a high level for the Jets, but learning that new offense, he, he you know, he said he couldn't get a picture of the play. As a quarterback, you want it to be like imagine a blueprint of a house. You you want when that play's called, boom, you see the picture. It just lights up that br- blueprint and you see a picture of the the play, the entirety of the play and you can envision what is being asked of you to do and I I think that's important for all quarterbacks and that's why the Jets had to switch over and finally uh, uh, their head coach at the time Eric Mangini said hey let's just incorporate all the stuff he did at Green Bay granted we know how we call the plays our way but let's call them his way because that's the way we're going to have success and uh, success and I think uh, for Mitchell that's got to be important he's learning a new system that what Matt Nagy wants to do. And I'm with Tom, the old CBA used to be able to go in there as young quarterbacks. Like I remember when I was in Pittsburgh, Chan Gailey, who took over for Ron Earhart as the OC, we met with the coordinator four days a week and we weren't, we weren't killing ourselves. It was just a two hour meeting. And when did every that morning. start? When did that start? Yeah, we would start at eight in the morning. We'd no, go no, from I mean like to...
1: right after the end of the regular season, or after a little time off. Yeah,
0: you'd you'd have you'd have some time off. But right now, say this time period. Right now, I would be in Pittsburgh anyway. I'd be in there working out, uh, which players are allowed to do. But Chan would say, "Hey, let's set aside some time. Granted, it's not mandatory from your part, but we'd like you to come in. I'd like to meet you. We're going to do a lot of different things offensively, and I'd want you and Cordell here so we can go over things. Uh, go over some things. Not only did Chan. Uh, you know insert the offense but we were going over defenses too this is how i want you to attack cover 2 hey here's cover 3 here's the blitzes uh what w- we expect and it was you know it was all encompassing of what chan cuz chan wanted you to think like him hey this is how i view defense i want you to view defense this way this is why i'm calling uh this play and with this new cba i am totally with tom and he, there are a lot of coaches right now around the NFL that are just pulling their hairs well, up, hair out. You know, Jim- you've got an employee of the team, and you can't even meet uh, this young player who's critical on the development of where your organization uh, could be going.
2: You know, Jim, I think one thing about John Gruden as a head coach, he's really abusive about the terminology he uses to call a simple play. But I think you really are, you know, you're taking a step back when you're hired as a new head coach and you can't introduce the system to a quarterback. Even if Carr has some experience underneath his belt right now, it, it, everybody needs it. The offensive lineman needs it as much as the quarterback. Well, it's a
1: quarterback. Yeah. It's a quarterback-driven league. We hear that constantly, right? So your most prized possession, trying to develop quarterbacks, and there aren't enough. Why would you not want to have that person? Well, in, in there, learning but, from day one.
0: Well, the problem is because the collective bargaining agreement is negotiated by all older players. Right? Drew yes. Brees, uh Jeff Saturday, all these older players were in there that forgot about and they're out of the league. Mm-hmm. Just think about some of those guys that negotiated that deal. That was done on their benefit and what benefits them, not what the younger players who are coming into the league and what the you know, all that tutelage that they're gonna need. And we're seeing more underclassmen declare every single year. There was over a hundred last year, there's a hundred this year, Mitchell was an underclassman coming from North Carolina, and what do we all say? Oh, well, he's green, he's only got thirteen starts. But yet the coaches can't even meet with the player who's very young to begin with and really get them caught up to speed. So it, it, it is, it's disadvantageous uh, to coaches around the National Football League and why I think, you know, you got a lot of coaches complaining about right now because it's all about what? Attention to detail and you really can't get hands-on with these players and you certainly don't have the time that once was dedicated to bringing these young players along.
1: Bears All Access with Joniak Thayer and Miller here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Uh, do you love the synergy with the agent, of course, l- allowing this to happen by, by way of introduction, to live with the guy that virtually everybody has written or talked about on radio and television, all the experts say, was the symbol of how to get better from year one to year two with a new coach. And as you said, Jim, pointing out, to, to be living with Jared Goff, the guy who went through it, rough rookie year, big second year. Granted, personnel's different Change and all system. That. Changing system, but how perfect is that for Mitchell Trubisky to be out there? You know, from, yeah, I, I yeah think, Jim knows. I'm sorry, go
0: ahead. No, no, go well, ahead. I'm, Jim. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking from his standpoint. I mean, th- you go through all, all those similar situations. Granted, you know, when you look at Jeff Fisher, he was the head coach of, of the Rams back then, and, and Jeff didn't feel Jared Goff was ready. Remember that he was under a lot of pressure. Hey, just play the young draft pick. And Jeff kept on saying he's not ready yet. He's not ready. And he wasn't going to uh, put him on the field. But they're still going through all the same things. When, when Jared did get in there, identifying defenses, how he had to adjust from week to week, the preparation leading up to the game, you know, all those experiences are similar, you know, that they've gone through. And you've got to have a regimen to prepare yourself. Uh, leading up uh, to the big game. And granted, certain players prepare differently, but Jared Goff and him could be you know bouncing ideas off of well hey this i dedicated time to third down blitzes this is what i this is what i did this is how i prepared or different uh, teams that they played against already hey i learned a lot from from this defensive coordinator when we faced this uh, certain style of defense so those guys are probably talking those things every single day cuz they both are young quarterbacks that are going through it and certainly the pressures of playing the the position they're in different markets uh, don't get me wrong. You know, when you look at one in L.A. and one in Chicago, but there are a lot of uh, similar experiences of what these guys are going through that they can probably benefit one another.
2: You know, Jim, just a little bit, taking a little turn off, when you see these guys go through the drills at the Combine, speaking of the quarterback position, can a coach learn anything about them, the the players, mentally, Or are they looking at them strictly physically at that point? And because I just think of Jared Goff a couple years ago, I think of Mitchell Trubisky last year, and then all the talk about the quarterbacks this last week at the Combine.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of – you won't get really the mental stuff until you're you're in the interview process. So after the workout's done on the field and they get their 15-minute window, it's somewhat – it's like speed dating of how the player goes from team to team to interview. But just physically, the fluidity of the player, you can learn physical things about a player. Like I noticed Baker Mayfield, his first step from underneath center, he bailed in the bucket. Um, accuracy issues – you know we've talked about this from jo- about Josh Allen from Wyoming to me what I noticed from the Senior Bowl and even at the combine is to his left where he, he maybe makes some some high throws um, so you can learn a lot about the, the physical aspect and of the player and then I think the more the mental side of it really is more for the interviews when you can dive in uh, to a player's football intelligence and how they read certain things and, and really clear it up and when watching the tape say, hey what were you thinking on this play when they pull up the play and you're really getting the answers uh, mentally from a mental aspect of of what you're looking uh, to get answered.
1: All right, Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. We're going to step away and talk about a player that general manager Ryan Pace says is a player we value. Kyle Fuller hit with a transition tag today. Buys the Bears more time to negotiate a long-term contract. We'll tell you all about that. And more here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Jeff Joniak, Tom there. Jim Miller with you on Bears All Access. We've heard from Mitchell Trubisky tonight. Very energetic, excited about what's going on. Very excited to be the starting quarterback for your Chicago Bears. And if you have that Chicago Bears app, you no doubt were notified that Kyle Fuller was transition tagged today by the Bears Jim Miller, you talk about this on your show at great length. What's it all mean for those who don't know what it means?
0: Yeah, transition tag. And the the last player, I think it was uh, Charles Clay, the tight, uh, tight end from Miami. He got transition tag. And then Buffalo you know, basically put an offer that, uh, you know, basically Miami didn't want to match. So it's going to allow Kyle Fuller, when, you, when you're placed with the franchise tag, go out and, and solicit offers from other teams uh, to see what his worth is, and now the Bears have the right of first refusal. Maybe it's in the ballpark of, of where the Bears uh, think, uh, you know, that they can pay. But here's here's the different part, though, because the Bears having the right of first refusal, Miami didn't have the salary cap space. To really, you know, to to really match the offer that the Buffalo Bills put on the table for Charles Clay, the the Bears are in a, in a totally different category. They've got a ton of, of of cap space right now with what they've cleared up uh, going into to free agency. There's about what, roughly, I think it's close to eighty million dollars, if not more, uh, for the Chicago Bears. So technically, they have the cash to basically match any offer if they deem it's in the ballpark of what they want to pay for Kyle Fuller. That way, the the player is out in free free agency, talking to other teams. Seeing what his worth is, a team will probably make an offer on Kyle. And now they bring it back to the Bears, and the Bears are saying, "Hey, we we agree with that. We think that's in the ballpark of what we were thinking about what your worth was. Thus, we'll match the offer, and Kyle Fuller could remain a Chicago Bear." Plus, it's it about two to three million dollars less than what the franchise tag is, is for corners. But if the Bears elect not to match the offer, uh, unlike the franchise tag, the Bears will not get compensation. Uh, for Kyle Fuller. So that's the one caveat between franchise and transition tag and why the Bears went in this direction. Well,
2: didn't they make an announcement today that the salary cap is going up another $10 million, $170-something yeah. million? Yeah. So what up 6%. You, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so now you, you have to – consider every other team and how that factors into the money they have available to him in the in one of the most coveted positions of of all of football quarterback and cornerback and i think Kyle Fuller gave a really good showing last year of the physical style of cornerback play he he's willing to dish out and i think Jeff you always have the nugget of how many times that they were throwing at him and at what rate he was defending the pass i mean so Kyle Fuller is walking around he should have the you know ultimate confidence i'm glad the bears you know are able to retain him at least this long but i i'm i'm all for kyle getting a contract from the bears and i hope he does
0: well that's i mean that's why this is kind of the best of both worlds he gets to go out there and see what his worth is and you know by all intents and purposes sounds like he's open to returning the, to the bears sounds like the bears obviously placing this tag on him want uh, the services of kyle fuller now all it is is really figuring out what his worth is so he'll go out there, and if it's a, if it's a deal that uh, is in the Bears' wheelhouse, that uh, they think is a fair deal for Kyle Fuller, they'll have the ability to match that offer, and potentially he could be uh, returning to the Chicago Bears. Oh, at a minimum, so good for uh, both parties. At a
1: minimum, it's a guaranteed salary of nearly thirteen million dollars this year uh, for this player, and it clearly states to me that they are not that far apart in the negotiating process with this transition tag and that Kyle does want to be. About.
2: You know, it would be a lot different if the coaching staff didn't have a lot of familiarity with him. Say Matt Nagy came in here and brought in a completely different defensive staff. And now you've got to sit there and study tape because you don't get a chance to go out and evaluate this player just on his merit, the way he practices his attitude in the meeting rooms and stuff. So I think they probably have a better, you know, a, a better connection with them because of Fangio Ed Donatel, the entire defensive staff coming back.
0: The, yeah. uh, Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go on. Well, I just said no. I I totally agree. I mean, you think of Donatella and that group. I mean, that's got to be intriguing for Kyle Fuller. He had his best year as a Chicago Bear last year, and that entire defensive staff is now back in place. So that's you know he needs to be thinking about those things as well, uh, where he could you know potentially come back and play extremely well in a defense that that he really excelled at uh, here under Vic Fangio.
1: And what is he looking at in terms of the free agent market? Because uh, you know I've seen charts and so forth where there are a number of top cornerbacks that are going to be in that and top tier. It could be more tier. available. mean top yeah. tier, yeah.
0: I mean, there could be, I mean, what's going to happen to Akeem Tlaib out there in Denver? I mean, do, do they have the cap space? You know, he's scheduled to make $11 million. You'd like to think that Bradley Roby is, you know, he's basically been the third corner out there, and he was drafted first round. I mean, there could be a more a talented corners that are going to be available. I mean, think about his, I mean, that is strictly a man corner. When you look at a keep to leap, what if he, and he's probably thinking, Hey, this is his last payday with where he's at. Um, And potentially whether he's released or whether he's traded, I don't know what's going to happen. But all all indicators are um, by John Elway is he, all he's talked about is Demarius Thomas. He wants to keep him in place. He wants to keep Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders in place. Both of those guys have high tags and the one odd man out could be a keep to leap, which is strictly a man corner could be out there on the open market just
1: five franchise tag players today and two wide receivers of note that people keep referring to a because of their production their talents their abilities in terms of their traits but also their production and their age one Allen robinson in jacksonville did not get tagged that doesn't mean that jacksonville isn't still trying to negotiate something long term with him and the same story for sammy watkins in la with the rams now, I'm not saying you go out and get either of these guys, but I'm saying, though, it does create a larger pool for the Bears to you know dive what, into.
2: If, if we sat here and we had their medical charts in front of us and we talked about a franchise player, how much they're going to get, and then you looked at their the medical toll that the sport has taken on them, I don't know if you're going to look at these guys. I think you want to make sure that you get a guy, if you're going to go out and pay for him, that from the start of the football season, hopefully till the end of the season, that they, he's there for the entirety. And so, you know, I, I, this that's one of the informations that we're not
1: privileged to. It, we could probably have a clear understanding if we were. Well, Robinson, Jim, of course, coming off an ACL. So yeah. that's a red flag right away. I know that was early in the season and so forth, but you know in terms of that getting a completely healthy player here to start and hit the ground running with a new system and a new offense that would be my motivation
0: yeah i think that's really what it's all about the medical competitive advantage all, all you know all those receivers are explosive Right, We know from, from Matt Nagy, and you look at the, the days there in Kansas City, the guys they drafted and who they've developed into you know, really explosive players, Tyree Kill and all that, it's somewhat different for the Bears because here you've got a young quarterback. Normally with a young quarterback, you want to get veteran wide receivers that are in there, and there are a lot of explosive guys out there. I mean, certainly a healthy Sammy Watkins, he's a hot rod when he's healthy that guy coming out of college was considered just a, a big play uh, waiting to happen but injuries have slowed him down and then you look at alan robinson i don't think anybody expected him to do what he did out of penn state i know him because he lived locally here in michigan he went to uh, right up to orchard lake st mary's and then he ends up going to penn state and was in a pro offense with bill o'brien and same thing he's a very acrobatic receiver as strictly an ex-receiver so he is explosive what he can do he has, he's had a 1400 yard season and then probably the third guy I'd put in that category who's explosive. you got to think about Paul Richardson out there for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, that guy can pick him up and put him down if you want a guy who can stretch a defense, and that's something the, the Bears have struggled at over the past few seasons.
1: Jim Miller, Tom there, Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access. We're going to step away, take a break, and when we come back, hey, how about taking a few phone calls, fellas? 312-644-6767. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hey, sign your child up for a fun non-contact Chicago Bears Youth Football Camp brought to you by Gatorade at Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. Tom and Jim, you had your share of youth camps, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have them back then. You know, you guys we were, were the
2: youth. When we started <laughs> when, when we started Pop Warner football, we were the youth. And then, you know, my I remember my brother going to the Bobby Douglas football camp at Marmion Military Academy when I was a kid, and he got MVP at the camp. And I was like, that was the thing that I think ignited me into the love and just
1: the the whole notoriety of football. Marmion Military Academy. Bobby Walmart. Douglas football Brad camp. Brad Childress. Yes. Yes. Jim, how about you? Did you hit the camp scene uh, yeah, as a our, youngster? Yeah, our camp.
0: Our camp was the vacant lot in our neighborhood. We, just all, we all gathered there as kids at around a certain time and got it on. That's that's what we did. Did they let you Absolutely. play quarterback? Uh, yeah, we, we kind of rotated around, but uh, we all played uh, fair. It was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, we rotated position. But then after a while, I could throw the farthest, so I, I got – Thrust kind of in that in, into that position, so they were all self scouting me, and I would uh, I would get picked first because I could throw the farthest. So, so you a little
1: all right. Josh Allen in you? What seventy miles an hour on, <laughs> on Seven a seventy yards? Ball. Oh. Uh, yeah, they say yeah. he threw it. So he put that. Yeah, is he throwing it really
0: that that hot? He's he's got an R I I mean, he's just an effortless thrower. I mean, it is really natural to him. Craig Bowl is his, his coach out there at Wyoming. If people don't know, he he coached Carson Wentz at North, uh, North Dakota State. Mm. Okay, so he knows a few things about quarterbacks, and certainly Carson Wentz uh, went very high. Philadelphia felt his worth to trade up to the number two spot, but Allen has an absolute cannon for an arm. He threw one in the air at the combine. It legitimately was 77 yards in the air. So if you look at the top of his drop to where the ball was completed, it was seventy-seven yards. Hmm. Three, um, he has got a big-time arm.
1: Three one two six forty-four sixty-seven sixty-seven. If you have any questions for Tom, there, Jim Miller, myself, Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access. Um, you watched the combine, yep. Tom, uh, as you religiously do, and Jim, you were there and you had the, the great opportunity. Every time I looked over my shoulder, you were, were sitting down with one of the potential top picks in the draft. So you learned a lot about them. Uh, With Pat Kerwin and and your hosts there for SiriusXM, I had a chance to, on the last three days of the Combine, to spend as much time as possible just bouncing around listening to some of these guys and just get an impression, if anything else. Who left the biggest impressions on you guys, Tom, from you watching, Jim, with you watching and listening to what they had to say from your questions?
2: You know, for for me, the two guys that stand out, Ridley, the receiver from Alabama, and is it Mika Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick yeah. the Mika, DB? Yeah. And I know they're both Alabama guys, but when you listen to the defensive back talk about how confident he is in his skills from one corner to the other, to the slot corner, to being a tackler, I just, and what we've got to see out of Eddie Jackson this past year for the Bears, the rookie safety from Alabama... I like those two Alabama players, and I know Ridley's not the, the super size receivers that everybody thinks you have to have, but either is Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But when I see him run and I see him focus on the football, follow the flight of the ball – I like what I saw out of those two Alabama players.
0: Yeah, a lot of guys who I talked to are just impressive, not only with their play. Minka, I mean, he's a durable player. I mean, think about when he arrived at Alabama, he played corner, he's played safety, he can pretty much play the whole secondary when you look at his versatility. So he probably will be uh, the the first guy taken. I think his uh, partner back there at safety, I'm telling you, that Ronnie Harrison, I mean, that guy can absolutely light you up with what he can do as a player as, at the strong safety position. So he was very impressive to talk to. He was a high school quarterback, believe it or not. Alabama converted him to safety, and he's been a body rocker uh, ever since. Derwin James, uh, yeah. the Florida State safety, he yes. was an impressive yes. guy to talk to. He plays a lot of different positions. He can blitz, do a lot of things. Um, Harrison Phillips, the Stanford D-tackle, how impressive is that guy? That guy's a double major. Um, and he is an absolute madman. So if I, you know, he put up 42 on the bench, went out and had one of the most impressive workouts. Uh, Tavon uh, Bryan, the Florida D tackle, there was another uh, impressive guy. Um, but you know, so many, so yeah. many guys. I mean, it's just good to talk to them. They just seem, you know, getting, granted, a lot of guys are prepared, but you can get a sense of their maturity and all those type of things. Like Josh, the the two Iowa players, the center Daniels and uh, Josh Jackson, the the cornerback. I mean, probably the two of the most mature guys ever seen, and and Jackson's an underclassman. Both of them are underclassmen, and they sound. I mean, these guys are mature. I mean, you got they kind of got no questions about them in, in terms of their character and, and what they bring to the table because they're really good football players as well.
1: Yeah, uh, the Penn State guys, uh, their athleticism well, just blew everybody away. The tight end Gusecki, uh, I don't know that many people were on his trail in terms of what he might do in terms of. His athleticism—that was something else, and of course, Saquon was something special. That—that that was some kind of performance. And the safety
0: there too, Marcus Allen. Those three are all top top guys. Um, but Jaceki, you're right. I, I think nobody anticipated and he was another mature guy too. Um, you think about Jesse James. They've had some athletic tight ends come out of Penn State lately, but he totally shocked. With, with how he performed at the combine for Giuseppe.
2: You know, I think with the change in offensive football, I think you could have a combine exclusively just for defensive backs. Because by the end of the combine, when I say that 42, would they have 42 corners or 42 total defensive backs? The largest number of any position out there. And I just couldn't believe it. And, and it, maybe it is the style of you're seeing so many more defensive backs on the field continuously in college and in high school, or at college and in pros, that you have to go out and. Bring these numbers to the combine to try to find those types of athletes that can play that position.
1: The man who stole the show though, Shakeem Griffin. Yeah. Hats off. Everybody's been talking about it. They'll continue to talking about it. Features Galore, the twenty bench reps. I was there when I saw that. It gave you goosebumps. I was watching the whole thing and people were it was a it was a riot to watch. I mean it was something special and then the four three eight and today. He says uh, Seattle is the only one who had a formal interview with him. So (laughs) that's where his brother plays. So the chip growing bigger on this young man at linebacker. Hey, maybe he's going to play a hybrid position. Maybe he'll start out on special teams. But it seems to me he's a better football player than people are giving him credit for. We're going to step away more with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller here on Bears All Access and your phone calls. If you so desire, 312 644 6767 on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and our final segment here on Bears All Access. And this week, Tom, I know a special edition of Inside the Bears from the Dominican Republic. Akeem Hicks, Adrian Amos, Charles Leto Jr., Marcus Cooper, joining me, Spice Adams, and Lawrence Screedon and. About 100 Bears fans for a week of fun in the sun. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays at 6 p.m. on CDW 50 Chicago and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch segments online at ChicagoBears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. Double A was I, on with us well, last
2: week, and he said something yeah. about a punt. Are you so, going to tell us a
1: story? I, I, I really better be lot, in the show. There were a lot of things going on. He said to ask you, but he didn't say to ask you on the show. See, well, you know, this well, you know stuff happens. What happens in the Dominican Republic stays, stays in, the Dominican <laughs> in the Dominican Republic.
0: Well, that, I was gonna. Well, I was just gonna ask you because you're in studio, Tom. You know, you come back from Hawaii, you got a good tan on you. I, I thought Jeff looked a little pale when I when I saw him <laughs> down in Indianapolis. No, I, I mean, have. A, I you have get qu- that sense in studio there? No, yourself? I have. I have a glow. I agree. I have. I I tan easily. I'm <laughs> all tanned up. I'm all good. Take your shirt off. Get out. Was here. it a windy day trying to catch that punt, Jeff? Yeah. When, when, First of the all, high see, wind coming see off the that, water.
1: That's your conclusion, is it, me? Now, once upon a time, if not to bore the listening audience, but I did a feature on Brad Maynard in the Peyton Center, yes. fully, fully in a suit and uh, you know nice dress shoes, and I was back there trying to field some punts, and every one of Brad's punts, and he and I still joke about this today, they tailed off either to my right. Or to my left, and I'm thinking I'm camping under it, and that thing coming could, down. Jeff, hold on, hold on, hold on. That thing tailed off so fast away from me, I I didn't catch one. So punt. what are you blaming it on the suit? You could well, be, in, I, I you was, could, be in, you, could be in, you could be, in full pads, spikes, <laughs> and a helmet, have all the protective gear on, you still wouldn't catch it. No, well that's not true. I mean, listen, I have some athleticism. I just couldn't catch his punt that was coming right out of the chute, uh, big gym at uh, many miles per hour. So I'm sure you guys both were excellent punt returners <laughs> yeah, back in your day. I don't but, know,
0: Jeff. I, th- I think Tom and I could go out to the parking lot on uh, the uh, concrete <laughs> and, and catch that thing.
1: No, just, so, just to put your minds at ease, it was not me trying to field a punt. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I'm sure you'll get wind of it throughout the Well, oh, I'm going to watch the show.
0: That won't be – no,
1: not even that. It won't, it won't be in the show, trust me. It won't be in the show. Anyway, I'll get uh, footage. it was a good time, though, down there. I got a, a tip of the cap to the fellas, too. Uh, Keem and Adrian, Marcus, and Charles Leno. Uh, they, they were great. They were great with the fans. Uh, and the fans are these are some true blue Bears fans uh, that really, really are all about the team. And they had a great time over the course of the week. Did a bunch of stuff on the beach, some drills, and so forth. So, yeah, watch the show. You'll get a feel for what it is. And maybe you'll join us next year at some point. Jim. Tom, Jeff, here with you for a few more minutes. Uh, Wanted to say uh, congratulations on a career well done by Matt Forte. He's gone on and and, uh, has said that he's going to retire as a Bear. That's his wish, so sign a contract for a day and and, uh, call it a career. Eight years with the Bears, two with the New York Jets. Always a gentleman with us, always a worker. He was a professional through and through and a guy that you embrace as one of our own in this city of great athletes in the history of Chicago Bears and just the city in general, that guy – Worked his tail off, and he was productive at right. the running back position.
2: You know, I, I had a chance to communicate with him today, and just congratulate him on a great career. Because Matt was always a model teammate. He was always well prepared. He was always physically fit. He didn't have to be, you know, kind of, you know, pushed to be excited about practice in the game. And I really think Matt is a, a, a great reflection of the Chicago Bears and what I think what the, the fans embraced the type of career he has around here.
0: Tremendous player, I think a class act. And, you, you know, uh, Pat and I were talking about this on air. Remember, you know how they used to have the rookie symposium and they bring in all these guys who's had the horror stories and the drug problems and this problem and that problem. Somebody needs to hire Matt Forte. I don't care if it's the league office or the uh, NFLPA. That's what an NFL player If you want to be a pro, that's the guy they should be representing to these rookies of what is a, of what you can be and what's expected in the National Football League and everything that Matt Forte Represents. He would be the perfect spokesman.
1: And a guy who clearly understands what it means to be a, quote, professional football player. It's just not a title given to you. You have to go and earn it. Not necessarily all about your production. It's how you act as a teammate, what you are in that locker room. But in his case, it was about body maintenance, how you take care of your body every day, especially at that position to be ready to practice and ready to perform at a high level. Every single day. That guy did a lot.
2: He's a three-down back, too. That's the best compliment you can really say about a running back in the NFL. If the coaches are confident in leaving him in there in first, second, third down, no matter what the down and distance is, that's when you're a true running back, you're a true football player, when you can do anything that's asked of you.
1: And he could have been a wide receiver. Many coaches said he very easily could have been a wide receiver, even given his frame and size and so forth. And he had great hands out of the backfield. But I remember the first game in Indianapolis, the one cut, and once he got into that second level, that one stick foot in the dirt, boom, one sharp cut. I think it was Bob Sanders rolled his ankles, and boom, he was in the end zone for a touchdown. Remember that? Part? Yep, yep. So great play, great great athlete, great guy, Matt Forte. We wish you luck. I'm sure you're going to be hanging around the Bears for quite a bit. So are we excited about what's coming up here with free agency next week? got the combine out of the way. Pro days are coming up. Fellas, final thoughts in our last. Minute. I'm a little nervous because about I
2: want. I'm a little nervous about free agency because I want if they do go out and spend free agent money, I want them to to strike gold. You know, I think what we've seen out of the free agent market around the entire NFL, you know, there's always hit or misses. I think the Bears have come at a time if they're going to get something to assist Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky or get a player that
1: Vic Fangio likes, you got to hit it. Jim, I would call it aggressively proficient. How about it?
0: yeah no i think it's going to be a layered approach and what you what you're unable to to get in free agency potentially could be addressed uh in the draft and like you said it, you you got to hit it you know look how the New Orleans Saints, they hit on five of their draft picks last year and, and a couple free agents as well. So let's hope uh, for a productive offseason for the Chicago Bears.
1: All right, fellas, we're out of time. Thanks so much. Thanks to everybody for listening and our director of content, Dan Barilli. Working the board tonight, Herb Lawrence and Eli Hershkovitz. And thanks to our special guest at the top of the show, Mitchell Trubisky. For Tom there, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening to Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All-Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes, or download the official Chicago Bears mobile app. Bears All-Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, FanDuel, and PNC.